Beyond the veil between the worlds, it watches, it waits, always watching, always waiting. When the lights go out, it comes. He lurks in the shadows, waiting, always waiting, always watching. With eyes black as night and a frail body shrouded in darkness, here is a creature born from the pits of hell. Gangly and frail, with brittle bones which snap like twigs with every move. Yet still it comes, hungry for meat, hungry for souls, thirsty for blood. Quieter than a whisper, it approaches, taunting the light. It flickers, flashes, dims, then vanishes. From the Sackman by Richard Lay Turneau. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. Today we are discussing the Bubak, aka the Sackman. He is the punisher and stealer of children and all who are naughty. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com. And be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow. And hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to CarmenCarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-L-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. West isn't just the direction toward the point on the horizon that the sun sets. It is also a small town in Texas. Laura's friends online would get confused when she told them where she was from and she would have to explain that West Texas wasn't even located on the west side of the state. It was a small town that was infused with the Czech culture that had always been a part of Laura's life. Her grandparents had both moved here with their parents from Czechoslovakia when they were young, along with many other families from their home country. Her grandfather's family had bought land and began farming, and eventually her grandfather inherited that farm and passed it down to Laura's father. Laura had never lived anywhere else, but she did dream of one day leaving West and seeing more of the world. But for now, her biggest adventure was skipping school on a Friday to go shopping with her mom. West being a small town had little to offer in the way of shopping, so Laura's mom would plan a trip to Dallas in advance. It was a 70-mile drive, so they didn't go often, and when they did, they made a whole day of it. Laura was in the bathroom brushing her teeth when she heard a truck pull into the drive. Toothbrush still hanging from her mouth, she looks out the window and sees a man with a truckload of furniture, tools, and miscellaneous things talking to her father. He looked familiar, but she couldn't make out his face from the window. She really wasn't that interested anyway. All she could think about was buying the wireless gaming headphones she had been saving up for. Laura! 
she could hear her mother calling for her from downstairs. Hurry up! Laura rolled her eyes. Her mom was so annoying. She was always in a hurry. She didn't know how to relax. And she was always going on about how things had been different when she was a kid. She was one of those boomers that believed kids were ruining their lives with computers and games and needed to get outside more. Laura was dreading being alone in the car with her for hours. It was a good thing she remembered to put her earbuds in her bag. She could tune her out easily enough with some music from her Spotify playlist. Once she got downstairs, her mom was standing by the door with her arms crossed, waiting impatiently. You know, Laura, someday you will have to respectfully stick to a schedule or you won't be able to keep a job. You won't be 14 forever. Laura ignored her and headed to the kitchen. Where are you going? Her mom asked, clearly frustrated. I am hungry. I'm going to grab something to eat, Karen. A few seconds later, Laura appeared back at the door with a bag of chips. That is what you are having for breakfast? You are hopeless. Her mom, whose name is Mary, not Karen, looked at her with disgust. And stop calling me Karen, she ordered her. Pretending to ignore her, Laura brushed past her mom and through the front door, slamming the screen in Mary's face. Mary followed Karen out onto the front porch. If you're going to act this way all day, you can just stay home. Laura spun around, ready for a heated battle, but her father's voice stopped her. Ladies, it's such a beautiful day and we have a guest. Let's not make a bad impression. Her father was almost cooing. Laura and her mom both stopped to see who her father was referring to and out from behind him stepped the creepy old neighbor from the farm down the road. You guys know Mr. Novak. He is cleaning up his place and selling a few things to help pay some bills. Do you want to come over and see what he has in his truck? Mary went to look, just to be polite, but Laura shook her head and ducked into the passenger seat of her mom's car and shut the door. She was scrolling her playlist and about to put her earbuds in her ears when there was a tap on the window. She jumped when she saw Mr. Novak's snaggletooth smile and yellowing eyes staring through the window at her. The car wasn't started, so she had to open the door to see what he wanted. She immediately regretted it because the smell of whiskey and body odor was overwhelming. It was all she could do not to gag. Here, Mr. Novak said as he pulled something large from behind his back. This is for you. It will make a great Halloween decoration and it will scare the birds from the garden. Laura found herself looking at the most hideous scarecrow she had ever seen. She was so creeped out she had to look away. Th thanks can you just leave it with my dad? She asked, wishing she had the nerve to just say hell no. She began to shut the car door, but Mr. Novak grabbed it and leaned down towards her. Laura cringed and shrunk back into the car. He squinted at her and said in a hoarse whisper, You better be nice to your mother and father, or the boobock will come for you. Then just as quickly, he turned and walked away. Laura slammed the door shut and locked it. The drive to Dallas was quiet. Laura kept her earbuds in, and Mary seemed happy that she did. The Southwest Center Mall was crowded, and even though her mother told her to stay close, 
she slipped away at the first opportunity to find the game zone. It was only a few shops over from Macy's where her mom was looking for sheets. She found the headset she wanted, but it was just a display model. They were out of stock. She found another set that were much better quality and looked cool. They were black with neon green trim, but they cost $15 more than she had. She tried them on and fell in love. She began to form a plan on how to talk her mom into giving her $15, but she knew it wouldn't work. She hadn't exactly tried to be on her mom's good side today. So instead, she decided to do something else. She had never stolen anything before, but she had heard her friends talk about doing it. First, she had to make sure there was no security devices attached to the box. Then she quickly looked around before shoving the box into her backpack. Her heart was racing when she left the store, and she was relieved but surprised when no alarms went off. That was easier than she had expected. Now she had a new set of headphones and still had all her money. She found her mom right where she had left her, trying to decide which thread count was the best. Laura was so happy with herself that she decided to play nice and offered to buy her mom lunch. Her mom seemed suspicious at first, but then a smile spread across her face. What has gotten into you? She asked. I don't know, Laura replied. I just felt bad about this morning. They finished up their shopping and had giant cheese-covered pretzels and bubble tea for lunch. Laura enjoyed the rest of her afternoon, knowing that later she would be using her amazing new headphones. The drive home was just as nice. Her mom let her Bluetooth her phone to the car radio so that she could play her music. They laughed and sang until they finally turned down the short driveway to their house. Laura saw it immediately. There in the cornfield, directly in front of their house, was the scarecrow. When her mom parked the car, it looked as if it was staring right down at her with its hideous smile. She got a really good look at it for the first time. It was wearing a dark overcoat and a dark, wide-brimmed, grim-stitched hat. Its face looked like mummified flesh, with gaping holes slit in it for the eyes and mouth making it look fiendish. Laura shivered and looked away as she got out of the car and made her way to the house quickly. Dad, she yelled as she walked through the front door. You seriously aren't going to keep that thing, are you? He was sitting in his recliner reading a book, but he laid it in his lap and looked up at her with a smile. Are you talking about Fred? He laughed. That's what I'm calling him. He kind of reminds me of Freddy Krueger from the movie. Laura could tell by the look on his face that she didn't stand a chance because he obviously was enjoying this. She mumbled, so stupid, under her breath and stomped all the way upstairs to her bedroom. The sun was setting when she opened the box to her new headphones. She walked over to the computer desk in front of her bedroom window and placed them on her head. While she was adjusting the fit, her eyes caught the scarecrow down in the field. The wind must have caught its hat because its head shifted, and Laura exhaled as the hideous face seemed to look straight up at her. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, 
June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. There seems to be a never-ending number of ways to scare children into behaving. Monsters like the Boogeyman have been used in folklore from every culture to keep children in line using fear. I guess most people would rather take a child to therapy than to visit them at the cemetery. In the Polish and Czechoslovakian cultures, there are chilling stories of a creature called the Bubak. He watches his victims from the shadows and waits for the perfect opportunity to throw them in a sack and drag them away. The Bubak likes to hide along riverbanks where it makes the sounds of a crying infant or small child to lure its victims. Adults and children alike, no one is safe. The Bubak can stand still for hours without moving. Its appearance has been described in various ways, but the most common description is that of a scarecrow with a skeleton-like body that stands up to eight feet tall. The Bubak has a frail and skeletal frame, but don't let that fool you. It has extremely powerful arms and its movements are agile. Not only can this creature mimic babies, but some say it can mimic any voice or sound. The burlap sack that he uses to capture his victims is equally powerful and able to withstand any penetration. The bubak feeds from the soles of its victims and knits its cloak from their skin. It is said that any creature that wears the cloak will have great strength. He is like the anti-Satan known as Krampus, only the bubak roams around all year. Children that the creature is able to catch are not horrifically murdered immediately, but placed inside the monster's sack to be taken to an alternate existence where the child is aware and paralyzed yet separated from mortal death. Sorrow will engulf them as they must endure the daily existence of the Babak. Only on the full moon is the child brought out to be killed. In a specific ritual, the Babak takes extra care in weaving the soul of the innocent child in agonizingly slow torment. In the countryside, children are warned that the Bubak will come for them at night if they behave badly. Some of the most popular tales regarding the Bubak take place on a full moon night, when he moves between the realm of the dead and the living by driving a cart pulled by giant black cats. This legend is called by different names around the world especially in Latin countries such as Spain and Portugal, where it is known as or called the Old Sackman, where it is known as or called Vecchio Cosaco, or 
the old sack men. In Europe, it is known as the bag men. Similar legends can also be found in Haiti and some countries in Asia. There is a story that I found circulating on the internet that took place in Spain in the 1990s. I don't know if the story is true or where the story originated from, but it goes like this. There was a 12-year-old girl named Lucia who lived on a farm surrounded by cornfields with her parents. One weekend, Lucia's parents had to take a trip out of town, so they asked the neighbor's 15-year-old daughter, Emily, who they trusted, to stay with Lucia and look out for her. Lucia was not happy. She didn't really like Emily because the older girl liked to play tricks on her and try to scare her. So the first morning, when Emily asked Lucia to fetch some eggs so that she could prepare them breakfast, Lucia was on the lookout. On her way to the chicken coop, she noticed something strange in the cornfield. There was a scarecrow that had never been there before. Lucia thought immediately that Emily had placed it there, trying to scare her, and chose to ignore it to foil the older girl's plan. Never saying a word, the day went on without event. The next morning, Emily sent Lucia for eggs once again. And again, Lucia saw the scarecrow and just shook her head. But on her way back to the house, she was startled to see that the scarecrow had moved closer. She laughed it off, thinking, okay, you got me, that was a good one. And once in the house, she confronted Emily. I know what you did, Emily, and it didn't work. The scarecrow was pretty good, but I wasn't scared. Emily at first seemed confused, but then she asked Lucia where she had seen the scarecrow. Lucia led her to the window and pointed to where the scarecrow had been, but it was now gone. Emily became worried and quickly asked Lucia if she had ever heard of the Bubak, the monster that disguised itself as a scarecrow to steal and eat children. Lucia didn't believe her and became angry at Emily for trying to scare her, so she went to her room and slammed the door. She spent most of her day in her room, only coming out for a snack before dinner. While waiting for dinner, Lucia fell asleep. When she woke, it was dark. She sat up and was about to turn on the light when she heard what sounded like a baby crying. She again thought Emily was trying to scare her, but when she turned the lamp on there in the corner of her room was the scarecrow. Laying beside the scarecrow was a bag, and the bag began to move. She could hear cries coming from the inside of the bag. It was Emily. Lucia, still believing it was a joke, stood and approached the bag when she noticed the pole holding up the scarecrow began to move. That is when she realized the scarecrow was alive. The Bubak seems to be the Czech people's version of the boogeyman. However, it is said by some that the monster is believed to be based on a real-life person that lived in the 1700s. In this version, the sack man stalks orphans from place to place and throws them in his sack and dumps them out at an orphanage. In other versions, the man comes off far more fiendish as the details portray. According to these details, as the sack man went about a town or city, he'd collect more and more orphans and throw them in his large sack, not caring if there were more than one inside or even three or more. He would carry the sack carelessly like nothing of worth was inside. Sometimes he'd fill it with all the children he could carry, which was actually quite substantial, but not consistent. So many of the orphans died long before they ever reached the orphanage from his callous and brutal transportation. 
Then, when he arrived at the orphanage, he'd just dump the bodies of the living and the dead on the cold, hard ground, indifferent of which was which, then walk away into the night. There is very little written history found about the Bubak, and no physical evidence, so its exact origin is unknown. It is a story passed on by word of mouth from generation to generation. There are, however, many stories and movies with creatures very similar to the Babak. Some are murderous scarecrows, and some are hideous monsters hungry for the flesh of children. The list of movies with boogeyman scarecrow-type monsters is a long one, so I picked two of my favorites that I'm sure many of you have seen. Jeepers Creepers is a 2001 horror film written and directed by Victor Salva. The creature in this film is an ancient demon who seeks organs from humans to replace its own old damaged ones. If you have watched all the movies in this series, you will know that he is fond of the younger victims. Dark Harvest is a 2004 horror film written and directed by Paul Moore. In this film, a group of teenagers go to an inherited family farm where they are attacked by a killer scarecrow. I discovered a novel by Richard Le Traineau that I am currently reading, and so far it is pretty chilling. The title is The Sack Man from the Shadows. You will want to sleep with your lights on after reading this book. Night by night, the creature comes with its foul odor and gangly menacing form. It comes from beyond our world to claim those that we care for, our children. The main character, Ben, was only four when the Sackman appeared one night and took his brother Mark while he slept. Now Ben is a married man with three children, Margot, Mark, and Johnny. But one night, not long after moving into their new home, away from the hustle and bustle of the city life, the children complained of peculiar smells and claimed to have seen a mysterious figure in their rooms. A panic-stricken Ben, haunted by the memories of his past, spends the night trying to stay awake in a desperate effort to ward off the demon. The following day when he meets Mr. Sampson, his elderly widower neighbor, Ben soon learns he too has come face to face with the beast and lived. But the more time Ben spends with Mr. Sampson, the more Ben learns not only about the sack man, but also about a satanic cult who could also be behind the disappearances of many of the local children and possibly be the puppets pulling the demon's strings. The Bubak has many names and many faces according to different versions of the legend, but he always has the same purpose, to kill. So just remember, behave yourself, look under the bed, close the closet door, and sleep with your light on, because the Bubak is always watching and always waiting. The sunlight beat down on Laura's face through the bedroom window. She groaned and pulled the blanket over her head. It was Saturday morning, and the sun was not going to bully her into getting out of bed before she was ready. But the bright morning was relentless, so she rolled out of bed and stumbled over to draw the curtains closed to block out the light. But she froze when she looked down at the garden. The scarecrow had moved. It was no longer out in the field but it was now next to the fence that separated the crops from the front yard and driveway. Its head was still bent at a creepy angle that made it look like it was staring up at her. She flung the curtain shut and swore to herself that she would find a way to get rid of that stupid scarecrow. 
She climbed back into bed and tried to sleep, but it was no use. She couldn't get that hideous face out of her mind or the feeling that it was plotting something evil. Stumbling out of bed not half an hour later, she found the house empty and a note her mother had left on the kitchen table next to a plate of fresh-baked chocolate chip muffins. The note said that her parents had to go to her aunt and uncle's to help decorate for her cousin's wedding that was taking place tomorrow. It said that they may be late and that there was a frozen pizza that she could bake for dinner. That meant Laura had the entire house to herself all day. This didn't happen often, but when it did, it was sweet. Laura devoured two of the muffins with a glass of milk and then lounged on the couch with the remote and watched some gamers on YouTube and then started looking for something on Netflix that she could binge. She dozed off during an episode of Riverdale that she had already seen and was woken later when she thought she heard a baby crying and it sounded like it was coming from the front porch. She looked out the living room window but couldn't get a good view so she walked to the door and hesitated before opening it. Reaching over into the corner behind the door, she grabbed a baseball bat that her dad left there just for this purpose and held it in a protective stance as she slowly opened the door. There was no one there, so she opened the screen door and cautiously stepped outside. Looking around from one end of the porch to the other until her gaze landed on something terrifying. The scarecrow was leaning on the wall next to the porch swing. Laura jumped back inside and slammed the door shut. She locked the locks and then proceeded to check the windows and the back door to make sure they were locked as well. She then went to the living room where she had left her cell phone and dialed her mother's number. It went straight to voicemail. Mom, I hope you guys are trying to play a trick on me. If not, then you need to come home. I'm really scared, Mom. That stupid scarecrow is on the front porch. Did Dad put it there? She hung up and dialed her dad's number next. It also went straight to voicemail, and she left a similar message. Laura was shaken, and she felt that she needed to put as much distance and as many doors as possible between her and that thing on the porch. So she took her phone, grabbed some chips and sodas from the kitchen, and went to her bedroom and locked the door. She was a nervous eater, using food as a way to calm herself. Laura sat back on her bed and popped open a can of soda and took the bag clip off of the chips. Laura dropped the bag of chips and they scattered on the floor when she heard the baby crying again. This time it sounded like it was coming from inside the house. She quickly tried to phone both of her parents again and again it went straight to voicemail. By now, her heart was racing and sweat was beginning to beat up on her nose and cheeks as well as the rest of her body. She didn't know what to do, so she ran to her computer and tried to look up this creature that was stalking her. There were so many different types of creatures that it was hard to sift through in a hurry. An idea finally came to her. She looked up Scarecrow, Baby's Cries, and Czech Folklore, and bingo, she found it. She read that it was a demon that preyed on naughty children, and that reminded her of what Mr. Novak had said, the bubak will come for you. She realized with deep regret that was much too late coming, that she had brought this on herself. She should have been more kind to her mother, and she never should have stolen the headphones. 
It was getting dark outside when she heard the thump, thump, thump of something coming up the stairs towards her room. Laura ran to her closet and flung open the door looking frantically for a place to hide. Finally, she moved a pile of clothes and crawled into the back and then piled the clothes on top of her, trying to make herself very small. The doorknob to her bedroom began to rattle, and she held her breath hoping that it could not get through, but it had already made it through one locked door. The rattling became more violent, and the door began to shake. Laura stifled a scream when the doorknob burst off and fell to the floor. She watched in horror as the door slowly creaked open. She watched, paralyzed by pure terror, as the scarecrow, now more alive than before, entered her bedroom. She could see its face moving, and the pole which once held it up slithered like a snake. It looked in every direction, searching for its victim. It slithered its way to her bed, and she watched as slimy wet hands slid from beneath its sleeves where they had been hidden and picked her bed up, flipping it with ease. It took everything she had not to run from the closet screaming. It began looking around the room again until finally its gaze landed on the closet where the door was still ajar. Laura shrunk back in the closet trying to make herself even smaller as if that was even possible and she watched through tears as the monster creeped towards her. But suddenly it stopped, as if listening, and Laura immediately heard what had caught its attention. She heard car doors. The creature waited, and Laura waited, until she heard the front door open and her mother's voice calling for her. Laura, we're home! The creature hissed and looked at the closet and proceeded in that direction. But then Laura heard her mother's footsteps on the stairs. The creature hissed again and then let out a growl as it stood to its full height and lunged for the bedroom window. A loud crash made Laura cover her ears as the creature shattered the glass and then quickly vanished. Mary came through the door, stopping to inspect the broken knob, and then jumped with a start when Laura burst from the closet and ran into her arms. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts such as Unexplained Encounters and Tales from the Break Room. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. Tune in next week as we discuss The Revenant, an evil undead creature from Scandinavian folklore. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one.